I mean, I have a story. I don't know if it's like okay to share it though. <laughs> We can cut it off if it's very inappropriate. But it's it's quite inappropriate. It's quite inappropriate. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> but the way we do that, that's different. Moving away from home. I'd heard stories about it. This isn't my home. It's changed my life. I really wish someone told me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Statelessness, a show where the question "Where are you from?" does not have a simple answer. My name is Anas, and before I introduce today's guest, I want to thank you very much for tuning in to yet another week of this podcast. The feedback so far has been very, very helpful, and I really worked so hard to make this podcast add maximum value to you. So, if you have any remarks for a place of improvement or something you'd like to hear more of, please, please, please do share them with me on social media, um, Insta and Facebook or WordPress, all at statelessness. So, today's guest. He lived 20 years in the beautiful island of Cyprus, after which he moved to London, where he stayed for seven years to both study and work. He currently works in the city of Manchester, and with all these moves comes interesting stories, which I was very curious to know about. Today's guest is Tavellas. There's a bonus clip at the end of this episode where Tavellas shares a story of his interesting house and how his potential flatmates conducted an interview to test his fit for the house. Very funny story, he insisted before saying the story. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. Hello, hello. Hi, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. How is the weather? Well, it's cold, man. It's cold? <laughs> it's cold, man. It's Manchester. It's it's north. It's cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been outside. Gets a bit chilly. It's a bit chilly. It is. Especially for me that I'm going to Cairo tomorrow. And for you who just came from Cyprus recently, yeah. this is not a good weather that we're living in right now. <laughs> but... um. But we it's manageable, it's manageable. Yeah. You get used to it after a while. How many layers do you put on before leaving home now? Uh, not many actually, like, as many as I shoot, like, it's usually a jumper and then a jacket, that's all. But like, that's, that's me, brave. that's me, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's very brave. This weather is quite harsh sometimes. Especially it winds a lot. In other countries, like Lithuania and these countries, they get the same degrees, but the wind... Is crazy. A Russian girl I knew says that it gets to like minus 20 and minus whatever. It's crazy. But it's manageable because it, the no, wind... No, it's not manageable. But that the, the thing the, 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 is... It's look, only manageable with vodka. Like, it's, <laughs> if I'm going to become an alcoholic to manage cold, that's... Oh, uh, no, that's a no. They can't handle the drinks, they, man. They can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, Russia is cold, but it's not... The cold is outside. If you have enough layers to cover your body, you're fine. But in Newcastle or in the north in of um, of England, it's windy. I don't know if it gets windy too windy in Manchester. It does, but... It, it's, it's it goes to your like, bones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it perjures through the skin like it's... Yes. No matter how many layers, it kind of seeps through. Yeah, exactly. It does. It's not very pleasant. Um, let me talk about Cyprus. Yeah. The beautiful country of Cyprus. Tell me more about it for people who don't know Cyprus. It's a small island in the Mediterranean Sea. 
I don't want to get into politics. <laughs> uh, Cyprus is a small island that had like lots of invaders. Each invader left something of its culture that you can find in the current Cypriot culture. Uh, in 1974, the island got separated into two sides. Turkey invaded. It was a, this is like a side that it's not recognized by any other country. It's mainly occupied by Turkish. And then there's another side, the Greek Cypriot community. Uh, well, we get, we get our money from tourism and financial services. And money laundering. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. We try not to. <laughs> okay. Are you from Limassol? I'm from Limassol, yeah. That's why you're defending the Russians. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've drunk with Russians. And trust me, I don't know. I don't know who's worse, a Russian drinking vodka or a German drinking beer. Ooh. It's a tough one. <laughs> we'll have to get a Russian person and a German person in the same room. See who wins. Make a drinking competition. Yeah, I'll, I'll be drinking Zivania. Zivania? Yes. That's a drink of Cyprus. Yes. <laughs> what does it taste like? Oh, dude, it's like distilled wine. It comes from grapes, but it's really distilled. And it's very intense. It's like vodka, but it's like, instead of coming from potatoes, it's, it comes from grapes. What's the percentage of alcohol in that? Oh, like, usually it's 45%, but you can get higher depending on... 45% as a start? Yes, yes, yes. No, you, you just drink it straight. Okay. Um, I think you lose for... No, no, no. Can... I'm good, I'm good. I've, I've, I can you can handle, handle it? I can handle it. Okay. That'll be an interesting competition then. <laughs> we'll get you to arrange something. So... Cyprus. How was your time in Cyprus? So I lived there for 20 years. Uh, until 18, I was in school. Being in school, you just go to school, study, do whatever you do after school. Not much life. Uh, then I spent two years in the army. You're jumping ahead. How was, but how was that? How was school? Dude, school was school. Like, it's, it's a time that is like lost. Like, okay, I made, I made friends, like my main circle of friends comes from school. And on that, you get some basic knowledge that then you expand in uni. But like, you don't do much. Like, yeah, you develop yourself in a way until you get 18. Like, I can't recall anything like that. It's Well, I can't recall memorable situations. You're provided everything. You are like setting a path. Like I developed as a person, as a, to what I am today, like in the UK, living on my own because like, it's cool, like, you're set up, like, you're, you're, you've been told, do this, this, and this. Like, you know how school works in, in most of the countries, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And then, you like, you follow that path and you get to uni. But you, before you go to uni, you need to spend two years in the army. So it's basically like, okay, uh, take a pose, spend two years doing this. That's obligatory. Yeah, compulsory. Compulsory in the Cypriot army for all the guys after high school to go to two years. Now it's 14 months, I Now think. it's 14 months, yeah. It used yeah. to be 24. It used to be 26 in the past. Whoa, okay. How was the army? Tell me more. The, the army... Okay, I had a good time. I ain't gonna lie. Two years doing nothing. It was like, when am I gonna go out? How am I gonna meet when I go out? And that was two, three, maybe four times a week. So you like appreciate it. Mm. A lot more. Um, I made friends in the army. Are, the, are you still friends with them? Yeah. I mean, you spend time with people. Like I, I think like if you spend enough time with anyone, you're essentially friends, man. Yeah. Um, but then you decided to go to the UK. How did you decide to go to the UK? I, I took that decision way earlier, like when I was in school. I was taking A-levels. I went to a public school, that kind of shit. So 
A-levels is a different situation. Special, like... Yeah, yeah. So basically you go to school like in the morning and then in the afternoon you have to go take private lessons for A-levels. So outside the school you yes. have to do A-levels? Hmm. That, that must have been tough. Uh, it was okay. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't do much. Like, right, yeah. if you're into sports, you might play some sports. If you're into music, you might play musical. Right. But you do whatever you need to do to get to uni, right? Yes. What's essentially school. <laughs> but yeah, uni... It was a lot of fun. Uni? Yeah. Then that, that that's when it started. Now yeah, yeah. Cypriot boy moves to the UK. Yes. Boom. Ah, uh, dude, like moving from a really small country where you know everyone to a place that you don't know one, it's mind-blowing. It's really mind-blowing. Like whenever you meet a Cypriot, you, it's going to ask you, do you know that guy? Because it's like so common for us to know each other. Like, And it's normal if you think about it. Like the whole island is like 800,000. It's 1,000 people. Yeah. Imagine like a city is like, it's four cities. Let's say an average city, it's 200,000. Which means like people between the age 21 and, and 30 pretty much know each other. Mm. Does that make Cyprus bad? Like you cannot really do, do something, you know, that you want there because you're afraid that someone might... Personally, I don't care. I view Cyprus as a holy destination. Like, holiday destination yeah like I, when i go there i'm on holidays and i'm on that mood so it's like it's different it's not like i need to go to work on monday and see people in front of me that i saw outside last night that would be different mm-hmm. but like yeah i enjoy myself in cyprus lots of drinking lots of partying especially in the summer it's fucking awesome of course even tourists now go to Cyprus for the summer to enjoy their time. Yeah, tourism is up. Is it, is it get crowded out there? Um, yeah, Limassol. Limassol is okay. Like we get tourists like in Limassol. It's all crazy. It's all crazy. Like in cheap tourists, it's like Limassol is the most expensive city in, the, in Cyprus okay. because like we have a big percentage of Russians. Hmm. They raise the prices generally. Uh. So yeah, we don't get like the average tourist that is going to come for partying. We get someone that has like, it's a tourist that is willing to spend, basically. Right, okay. So high-end destination is the is the Yeah, it's, it's higher-end destination. Like it's not it's not place for like students or 18-year-olds. Yeah. Like Ayanaba. That's why everyone here knows Ayanaba from yeah. the university. Um, you said you had fun in the UK. Yeah. Um, how, what kind of fun, like? Uh, so in the beginnings, start from the beginnings. Okay, okay. When we when we when we came in the UK, me and me and a friend of mine came together in the UK. Like we were friends since like school, like really young, really young. Like I know this guy from six years old, and we both came to London to study. I went to UCL, he went to Westminster, and we lived forty five minutes apart. Which in London is okay. Yeah, which is London is okay, but like coming from Cyprus for us, mm-hmm. that seemed like way way too long so for the first semester we didn't meet 45 you grew together and you were in the same city but yes, you didn't yes. see each other we're really close even now even now like we're re- really close but we didn't meet for the first semester and then we we meet in cyprus over christmas and i was like dude what the fuck are we doing <laughs> <coughs> obviously like we went to different unis we met different people in a way we didn't have time for each other but it was cool because like it's a phase in your life where you, like, meet people from different places. Yes. 
like and then we shared experiences and introduced each other our friends from like that we had like during the first semester and it was really cool like how we expanded like our cycle in in london like we met a lot of people through that way yeah so it was in a good way it was nice that we didn't meet but okay obviously now we meet a lot more more often (laughs) and now with more people so it's more fun yeah exactly for sure um how was london <sighs> London can be lonely. London can be fun. Uh, you can get tired of London. It gets hectic, but it's it's London. It's a pleasure. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's a uh, sweet hell, something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you hate your life, but you love it. <laughs> what were you doing much in London as in besides university what does London allow you to do because I know it's expensive to do shit in London um it is but like if you want to do something you can obviously do it like I play basketball once a week mm. it's not much but it's still activity um I've been going a lot of like mini golfing just for the laughs yeah yeah what else like you can do anything man like literally anything there's a golf range, like driving range, that you can go hit balls onto cars because why not? Great nights out, great nights out. Agreed. Random house parties, like when I was in London before, uh, you know, in September, October, I crashed about like two house parties per weekend. Different nights. Yes, I was. All I did was like buying alcohol and crashing parties. You may love people. And I have and I have this question. I have this question. I've noticed that it's like, if someone approaches you in a house party, it's easier to talk to than someone approaching you in a bar. But but why? It's the same thing. There's an informal feeling to a house party. We're all in the same house, so we feel safe. Like, I know that someone knows you in this house. In a bar? Yeah, but they didn't. Oh, because you were there and you were a stranger. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, I don't know then. <laughs> but I think it's assumption. Yeah, it's any, assumption any, that you're known. Yeah, exactly. You're safe. Because in bars, there could be anyone in a bar. Anyone can show up in a bar. A creep, a serial killer. Yeah, fair it's enough. harder for them I to get, show I up that, in a house I party. That, you know? I get that, but it's like... Because it's, like it's the same thing. Like The feeling you get in a house party, people drinking and talking, it's essentially a bar. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I know what you mean. But there's also that aura to it that's more homey and safe. Yeah. Yeah, if someone knows the answer, psychological answer, someone who studies something like this, please subscribe and leave a comment. Um, <laughs> but that was London. How about underground? Oh, man. Underground, you love it for a week. And you hate it for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> Every time you get off the underground, you feel like you need a shower. You spend okay, so let's let's do the maths. Let's do the maths. Okay. <laughs> Simple maths. Okay. Let's assume that you spend an hour per day in the underground. That's an underestimation. Yeah, but let's assume you you're spending an hour. Okay. Over a month it's thirty hours in total, right? It's more than a day. You just lost a day commuting in the underground. Whoa. When I was in London, I definitely did more than one hour in the underground. So I wasted more than two days in the underground. In a month. In a month. Yeah. Don't go to London. (laughs) 
No, no, go to London. Go to London. Visit it's London. not the same vibe though. Like being a tourist and living in London, it's it's different. But living there is just expensive and ho- like tough and intense and competitive and yeah. But quick, like if you're if you're up for that life, if you're up for that life, it's a lot of fun. Like I you guess. can meet people from all over the world. Like That's so, true. like where I work now, moving from London to Manchester, what I can tell. Is that in London you compete against the best in the world, and in Manchester you compete against the best British from Manchester because they're all local. There are all people that grew up here, around here, and, and they're all British. Like mm. in London, I worked with guys from Malaysia, Mauritius, Singapore, the States, uh, Finland, Norway. It's all over the place. Like London is so much more like diverse. Diverse, yeah. Like, honestly, when I've been going out in London, sometimes here it's hard to spot a, an English person. To spot an English person? Yes. Hmm. That's true, but London. So you lived there for seven years in total. How did that define you as a person? You said that now Cyprus became a holiday destination. And when you're now in Manchester, you say that you miss London. You miss yeah. the vibe of London, the life of London. Yeah, so basically, like, when you're in a place for seven years, you end up, like, meeting people. And when you meet people, you change as a person, like, like it or not. Everyone affects you in a different way. Uh, like, I make friends from, like, Singapore specifically. Uh, they introduced me, like, into a Chinese and Asian cuisine. And I fell in love with that, like, f- food in London. You can find anything, man. Anything. And it's made by the people. Yeah, because people are just moving there. Um, obviously, like, because London is because it's expensive, you spend a lot of time in houses, from house to house, friends to friends. And it's normal, like, that's why I was talking about house parties earlier. Um, generally, London is a big city. When you work there, you work hard. You work really, really hard. Like, long hours, you've been there. 3 a.m., go back to the house to come back at 8 a.m. in the morning. And work on weekends. Modern slavery. Story of your life. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. No, not fun. But um, but to me, when I lived in London, we were paid to live there. They gave us um, everything from, tra- not transportation essentially, but they gave us salary to, to pay for transportation and over that. And then they gave us accommodation if we opted to. So I lived the good life in London. I, I felt like a tourist for three years, but at the same time I was working there. And throughout the three months that I lived there, I would go to different places around London every weekend. And I was never bored. I never ran out of things. There was always more and a lot to still see. Yeah, definitely. That I just didn't have the time to go to. But it's it doesn't end. It doesn't end. Yeah, it never ends. London never ends. Well, it ends because like you get tired. Like at some point I get it. Uh, but it's fun. It's... Fine is not the right word. <laughs> uh, a place of opportunities? Yeah, but it's like different kind of opportunities. It's, it's opportunities if you have money to spend. Mm. You can make money in London, definitely. But you can definitely spend. You can definitely spend a lot. Yeah. Um, so you lived with your sisters when you first came? No, when I first came, I lived with my cousin. Okay. Yeah. And how did that help living with your cousin? Uh, didn't help much. He was a PhD student. Left house at eight, got back at eleven. I was pretty much living alone. Mm. But it was okay. It was a good flatmate. Um, 
the first group of people that you met and the first group of people that you started being friends group with, were they separate? In London? No. Uh, they were basically my classmates in uni. Where were they, like, generally from? Dude, like, it was this guy from Middle East, this guy from China, from all over the place, like... But not separate. Or this guy from Spain. Not separate, no, no, no. I didn't have any separates in my course either. Did that help with you integrating with the culture of England? Um, yeah, but I still, like, initially I was, like, felt really, really off from my, like, comfort zone because, like, I wasn't used to it at all. The language? Like, yeah, I didn't think I could talk. I didn't feel comfortable and confident enough to talk. Like, it it took me some time to, like, reach adapt. Yeah, adapt. Like, I think it took me, like, a good two years to adapt, for sure. And you get conscious about your accent? Yeah, yeah, about everything. Yeah. That's very common with internationals coming to the UK. English here spoken is quite... It's different. Different. Uh, well, like... We are different. We are just like, using our own twist of language. Yeah, but like, I think like English, wherever you go, they talk it differently. Like, let's say you go to Singapore, the main language is English, but they have their own way of talking English. The same with India. The same with uh, South Africa. They have their own way of talking English. Even, mm. even the UK to America. Yes, of course. Even the south to the north, like, you have the Essex accent, you have the, the northern accent. In England, right? Yeah, in England, within England. Yeah. Within England, there are different accents too. Um, so not Cypriots, that that helped you integrate into the English culture like at that, all that, or not? That comes with time, like, I don't know. It's it's not like some specific event. You can't define a specific event that helps you integrate. Yeah, you integrate with time, like over experiences. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. I believe that integration in London, the English culture is a bit hard. Yeah, because it's not really an English culture. It's a mm. culture. It's a mixed up culture of living in a big, a big city. Right. So you got the culture of London. Yeah, basically, if you can right. call it a culture. How, how you define culture? Yeah, maybe it's, li- it's more like for lifestyle than a culture. Lifestyle. You're right. Over here, Tavella speaks about the Reading House and how he actually got into it and the interview that they made for him to get him into the house. So I cut that and I put it at the end of this episode. If you stay to the end, you'll hear it. But for now, let's jump back into what he said afterwards. Um, and Reading as a as a city, apart from the house. Dude, we need to spend my time outside the house, to be honest. Because, like, okay, obviously, again, being in a student community, because I was a student there, you spend a lot of time in houses, with house, house parties and stuff. It was a lot of fun. I didn't go out much. It was, yeah, more of... I don't think Reading has much of a night out scene. I don't think it has much to offer, but I think it could be a fun night out. I think you can have a fun fun night out anywhere, to be honest. Not necessarily in a club. Yeah, if you have the right company. Right, of course, of course. It can be anywhere. Yes. If there's alcohol. And there's a will. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, if you want to have fun, you can have fun. You can have fun in your basement, full of rats, if you have enough alcohol and drugs. Okay. <laughs> and if you're it's crazy as well. Um, so, it's not a village. It is a small village. like, But like, kind of from Cyprus, it's... It's an expansion. It's big. It's still big for us. <laughs> it's like our city. It's like my city. Like, yeah. Obviously, my city feels a lot bigger because it's like a different location and that all. But it's, it's not. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Fair. 
and then now you are in Manchester. Yes. You haven't been here long, have you? Been here for about two months, almost two months. Uh-huh. How is Manchester? How are you finding it? Uh, it's fun. Like, I've been having fun. I've met people. I noticed they're separate. Yeah, I also met people from the office a lot. Hmm. Interesting. You find Manchester very compact compared yes, to London. Very, very compact. I walk to work. I walk to find friends. I walk to go out. Everything is walking distance. Very surprised after seven years in London. <laughs> very, very surprised. Like, I can only imagine. Imagine I needed to walk this far to go to the underground station. And now I walk the same distance and I'm out. I'm out at a club. Wow. In London, you'd have to get the station to a few, not few, yeah, maybe more, maybe 10 stations to get to a club. Or to, to go anywhere, like yeah. for a coffee, mm-hmm. for sake. <laughs> it's insane. So if you want to talk to us about your trips abroad and the experiences there. Yeah, I could, I could. Tell me about the travel experiences. So I recently, not recently, a year ago, went to Munich, Germany. Okay. Uh, beautiful place, beautiful place. Uh, we went there for Oktoberfest. Hmm. Okay, so the story is that back in Cyprus, we met this German dude. His mother is from Cyprus, his dad is German. He grew up in Germany, but he visited Cyprus during the summer. We met him when we were quite young, like 15, and we kept in touch. We meet every year in Cyprus. And I asked him, dude, should we come and visit you in Germany for Oktoberfest? And he was like, yeah, of course, join me. So five of us, Mm. five, (laughs) booked tickets, Cyprus to Munich, went there, lived in his house for like five days, all five of us. Uh, Dude, it was fucking awesome. Like such such a nice vibe, like. The craziest thing, where we, you know, like October, how October 1st works. Basically, it's each brewery, each type of beer, let's say Polander or whatever, owns uh, a kiosk within the festival. So you need to buy tickets to enter, in order to book a table for the festival. So uh, Janis Schmidt, my German friend, booked a table for us. And his parents booked a table next to it. We all went there and we were partying like crazy, drinking beers. The beers are not pints, it's liters. Ow. But dude, but at that point you just drink liters of beer without realizing what you're drinking. It's it's such a fun mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone else is. Yeah, everyone else is. Dude, the craziest thing, the craziest thing. Me and my mate walked in and everyone was holding like a small bottle with a suspicious white powder. And they were tapping that powder on their hands and blowing it through their noses. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And we asked around, and apparently it's Oktoberfest cocaine, and it's just sugar and mint, and they take sugar and mint through their nose when they're drinking because it helps up to unblock the nose and, like, breathe better or whatever. It sounded like Coke to me. It's not Coke, though. It's not Coke. It's just sugar. It looks like Coke. I bought one. <laughs> Was it Coke? No, no, it's sugar. It's sugar. Okay. It's, it's sugar and mint. Hmm. But it's very interesting. Very interesting. But what what amazed me is because we lived at his place, what they do, it was September. It was late, late September. Like, it was cold. For us Cypriot boys, it was cold. But even for them guys, like, we're sitting outside. They had, like, a small, 
a small house, a small like square behind the garage that they would like meet up with their friends from their neighborhood. Each one of the friends will carry in a big bucket of 20 beers. They will sit on the buckets in the cold, smoke and drink beers. And they will do that every single night. And I was like, oh man, what the fuck is this? This is like, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. And they will do that. No music. They will just talk to each other. I was super amazed with it. Like, How old were they? Uh, 25, 26. That's amazing. They can handle the drink as well. Yeah, they can handle the drinks. Yeah. They can handle the drinks. We like recorded about like eight to 10 liters beer per day. Whoa. That's dangerous. We'll, we'll, drink, we'll drink beer with breakfast. Do not do that, kids. <laughs> do not. I don't advise it. We don't advise doing that. Um, any other trips? That- um, could about could talk about Singapore. Singapore. Singapore in Bangkok. Bangkok. Yeah, I went to Singapore. Visit Ashley. And how was that? Oh, Singapore is interesting, man. It's very, very beautiful and fake. Fake. Yes. Hmm. What do you mean by fake? Like, it's as as big as my city, like, land-wise. Yeah, it's like 19 times smaller than Cyprus. But it has like a 6 million population. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's intense. Yeah. And everything is like made, man-made. It's like pretty much to Dubai, but in a smaller case, scale, if you want to call it like that. So it's quite, I know it's quite economically... Yeah, very strong economically. Very strict. Very strict. Hmm. My vaporizer was confiscated and disposed at the airport. Why? Because you're not allowed to bring vaporizers in the country. Oh. You're not allowed to chew a gum. What? Yes. Nah. Yes. It's illegal to chew a gum in the country. A mate of mine was smoking cigarettes. He threw a cigarette on the floor. And then he spit on top of it. You know, you know what, what dudes do. Yeah. <laughs> and he got fined two hundred dollars, hundred each for polluting. What? Yes. Wow. Very clean though. Very clean. Singapore is super clean. Hmm. Like you will eat in the street and you wouldn't even feel like it's street food. It's so clean. Wow. During the trip, we spent one of the weekends visiting Bangkok. I hear crazy things about Bangkok. Bangkok, it's the dirtiest city on earth. <laughs> in what sense, dirty? No, no, like, it's been reported, like, you know, there's like this re- yearly report you get every year. Sin city. It's the number one sin city of the world. And that. Yeah? And that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a story. I don't know if it's like okay to share it, though. <laughs> we can cut it off if it's very inappropriate. But... It's, it's quite inappropriate. It's quite appropriate. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> off the record, off the record. Off the record, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Did you really stick around all that long just to listen to the inappropriate story? Well, it's not all gone. He did say it on record, and um, I thought it was in- too inappropriate to be on the podcast, but if you are curious to know more about the Bangkok story, give me a text, and I'll I'll send you the MP3 clip for it. For now, I will leave you with the bonus clip. Now, that London lifestyle, and then now is the first, this year is the first year that you're out of London. Uh, no, years. I lived for a year in Reading, six months. Okay, uh, how was that move? I lived with, I lived with four other islanders. A girl from Mallorca, a girl from Singapore, a guy from Sicily, and a guy from Guernsey. 
Whoa. It was very, very interesting year. We're still good friends. We try to meet once a year. We don't always make it, but we still meet because, mm. like, we spread around the, the world. Like, Julia is in Australia, Ashley's in Singapore, Tom is in Brussels, and Tangredi is in Italy. And I'm in the UK, so yeah, mm. we're spread around, but we meet now and then. How how did you meet them? How did you? Uh, I was looking for them? a place to stay. <laughs> it's actually a really funny story <laughs> really really funny story okay so I was looking for a place to stay and I found this like spare room at I went there for an interview because like obviously th- those guys were living together they were looking for another one hmm and I went interview in, I went in for the, into the house for an interview walk into the living room turn around saw the coffee table there was like everything you needed in a tray to roll a joint <laughs> Okay. So I sat down and I started rolling joints. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm home. Right. <laughs> and apparently, for an interview. Yeah, apparently they were like, if this guy smokes weed, we're going to be cool in this house. Okay. There's not a problem. If he doesn't, he will leave, right? So mm. let's just drop it there. <laughs> nice. Nice plan. And you you passed? Yeah, yeah, I passed. I passed. <laughs> Crazy guys. Crazy guys. <laughs> Jeff fun? Lots of fun. Lots of food, lots of food. Because imagine it was a house of five stoners that loved to eat. Everyone loved to eat, so like everybody brought his own like cultural food coming mm-hmm. from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And we used to like cook together every night, it was really fun. Wow. Cooking and, and joints. Yes. Perfect combination. <laughs> Home is where the heart is. It's incredible. I'll be keeping an eye on that one.